in the 21st century Hard-working people working hard for you and me Moving higher time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving Hello and welcome to Moving Hour Podcast number 197. This week my guest is Alan Hoskins and Alan is the President and National Sales Director of American Farm Mortgage in Lexington, Kentucky. And Alan has been a guest on here quite a bit and it's always a pleasure to have him on. And this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire and Wheel, your premier ag tire and wheel provider in North America helping people grow. Tractor Zoom delivering insights and dry shod boots, the official work boot of the Moving Iron Podcast. Alan, how you been, buddy? AC, I've been well. Thank you for asking me to be back. I Dude, appreciate it. Love having you on, man. Love the conversations that we have. So there's a million different things going on right now in the ag world. And as you take a look around, and for those of you who haven't been listened to the podcast when Alan's been on, Alan is uh, he's made up of about three different parts here. He's part banker, part farmer, and he's a glutton for punishment and likes to jockey little equipment on the side too. So he's a... Uh, he just, I don't know if he has, doesn't have hobbies or what his deal is, but he, he wants to put himself in harm's way as much as possible, sounds like. But Alan, Alan is a wealth of knowledge, and he really uh, he does bring a, a good insight into what's going on from a lender's perspective that also is in the equipment business. So, Alan, I guess as you take a look right now, I have some concerns with what's going on in the marketplace right now concerning interest rates long-term, not necessarily short-term. You know, Right now, interest rates are at all-time lows. They're starting to creep up a little bit. There's some talk of... You know the Federal Reserve doing some more quantitative easing that's going to keep interest rates at zero for longer, which sometimes I think prolongs the inevitable of of just a, a bigger calamity down the road. But as someone that pays attention to interest rates because of the business that they're in, what's your thoughts on that, and, and how, what's your feel right now for what's going on monetarily with the uh, with the Federal Reserve and the U.S. government? Well, you know, one thing, Casey, and you you touched on it. You're exactly right. We're still at or near historically low interest rates. You know, I, I've said for, I hate to say it now, but it's been multiple years since we've kind of been blessed with some of these low rates. Still a great opportunity for people to get some things locked in. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, none of us saw 2020 being anything like it's turned out to be. Right, yeah. And, you know, there's... Obviously, a lot of unemployment that's been created by COVID, be it temporary or in some cases, be it permanent. We're still seeing, obviously, when you look at the news today and the number of cases of COVID that are still increasing, even with the positive news of the vaccine, you know, we don't know what the long-term effects of this may be, how long this tail may be on this particular pandemic. You know, obviously, for the sake of all Americans, we want this thing to be over with as quickly as possible. But, right. you know, Casey, I think there's the getting over the health part of it, and then there's the getting over the economic part of it. Right. And when you look at the number of businesses that have been affected or permanently closed because of it, we don't know what the American consumer is going to do. How confident are they going to be in once a vaccine becomes available and going back out publicly, you know, who knows what, what this may result into. And you're absolutely right in what you said about, 
you know, the Fed is certainly doing everything they can to do their part and not letting the economy be damaged any more than it has to be because of this. I wish I had a really good crystal ball about where we were going to be 12 months from now. But, uh, you know, I I think long-range planning today is somewhere between three and four weeks. Mm -hmm. So I think, Casey, having people look at the opportunities that are presenting themselves as opposed to, you know, I don't know how much lower rates would have to go to get somebody to move if they're not moving today. Right. So I would say use this as your opportunity and uh, put yourself in a good position where you don't have to worry about interest rate inflation as much as you can. Yep. Yeah. Rates are super low right now. I mean, even, you know, selling equipment and what that looks like and some of the programs that are out there. I mean, you've got everything from 0% to, you know, four and a half percent i mean there's just there's all kinds of programs in between so there's and that's kind of you know you look at about anybody out there any kind of ag lender they're all kind of right in that that range you know just depending on what kind of what kind of programs are selling and what kind of what kind of different you know packages they have to present at the time so interest rates are low great time to do that and which kind of leads into my next kind of talk with you here is this is a different year than we've obviously 2020 has been a been a rough year 2019 wasn't all that rosy either but i guess when you take a look at 2020 now this is the first time in a long time where harvest wasn't uh wasn't over on you know the 28th of december you know it's we have some time now to to kind of digest what's happened usda actually has some time to to really sit back and look and then you know what's that january report going to look like when they get all the bins counted and everything comes in they kind of make that that preliminary what 2020 actually looked like um number run and commodity prices right now are are at, at some pretty pretty good numbers i mean what we've seen um haven't seen numbers like this since uh well since this time uh, about midsummer last year i don't remember the last time i saw 11 beans on the board so that's been that's been too long to even remember when that was but we've got about 45 days here 30 days something like that to, for guys to really kind of make some decisions sit back and talk to some their banker, their <clears throat> their accountants, and those kind of things, to kind of figure out where they're at, what their moves are going to be towards the end of the year. A lot of a lot of payments came out, you know, MFP payments and CFAT payments, and all these different you know programs that came out to kind of combat COVID and what have you. So there's going to be some profitability out there. Guys are going to be some tax buying, those kind of things at the end of the year. What are some of the conversations you're having with your folks about you know new versus used, and is is this the year that I need to jump up to that? that uh, I've had that same combine for five years and I've, I've dumped a ton of money into it, keeping it running. Is it time for me to trade that one off and maybe get that one-year-old new one or, or one-year-old used one and, or maybe get a new one this year? What are those, what are those conversations looking like with you, Alan? Well, the, the conversations that, that I have personally, Casey, with people is very much make sure you look at what is out there and look realistically at your repair bills. You know, I, I've had... A few, I won't say a tremendous number, but I have had a few people that have said, you know, maybe I need to just put a little more money in this machine. I don't think it'll be all that expensive and continue to run it. But then when you say, well, let's talk about the repair bills you've had over the past two or three years. They find out when they really sit down and start looking at it, maybe they've spent more money than they thought they'd spent. And, you know, it, it seems like Casey you know, obviously equipment wears and once repair bills start, you can't repair it back to a new machine. You just can't do that. You're always going to have 
some metal fatigue and you're just going to have some wear. And I encourage folks to genuinely look hard when it makes sense, especially in the area that we're in this year. We've had a pretty darn good crop. And, you know, Casey, I went back and I was looking at some numbers today. Since the 21st day of August, we've seen corn, uh, cash corn, go up by 23.9%. We've seen cash beans go up by 25.8%. That's not futures. That's true elevator uh, cash. So it's improved working capital. And we have had folks that are running their equipment a little bit longer. They've been wise in trying to maintain working capital. And I think this is a year that folks should really look hard at, does it make sense to update that combine? Does it make sense to update that planter? You know, I'm, I'm in the mindset, those are the first two things you always look at. Absolutely. Agreed. And, you know, the tractors, we're, we're seeing guys that, you know, maybe normally they they put 2,500 hours or maybe 2,000 on the tractor and then trade. There's some guys out there that are in that 4,000 hour range before or now. And I think it's a really good opportunity, Casey, for them to look at what's in the marketplace. Uh, you, you touched on new versus used. And obviously with people running equipment longer, that lower hour piece of equipment it's a couple of years old. Those are becoming more and more difficult to locate. And when you do locate them, they bring premium money. So I think it does make sense for folks to look at new machines if it if it makes some sense. But certainly at a minimum, look at what the numbers are and make sure that that decision is being made on numbers that are real not numbers that they believe might be real. Yep. No, that's that's a good point. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of moving parts here and there's 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 quite a few auctions still yet to come here between now and the end of the year. Um quite a few retirement sales are, are popping up out there. See some estate sales. Been watching Sullivan's website and a few other ones out there and just kind of paying attention to what they're got going on and there's a there's a fair amount of auction activity going on right now that, that was some good solid equipment on there, which is like you and I were talking before we started recording, there's a lot of equipment out there, no doubt about it. But mm-hmm. there's there's not much, um, less than a thousand hours on tractors, less than you know five hundred hours on combines, those kind of things. There's not a lot of those out there. Um, what I have noticed though is that the planner um, techno or the planner side of the business is not as sparse as it used to be. So there's a lot of used planners coming out there, which tells me that there's quite a few. Um, you know, I think there's. Today I was looking on the website there. There was some, it was on Tractor House Machine Repeat 1. I don't remember where I was at, but they had, I think there was like 25, 20 model year planters out there that were used, that were that were being listed. So those are probably ones coming in. I'm sure they've, the new ones on order and those kind of things, but I haven't seen that many one-year-old combine or one-year-old combine, one-year-old planters in mm-hmm. that that big of a cubby for a while. I mean, there's been, it's usually like you got, you know, three or four or five or six or 10 or something like that. But the overwhelming majority of it is, um, it's really starting to kind of pick back up. So what's that look like moving forward? Um, might be some good buys out there and some used combines, or used combines, I keep saying that because it's on my mind all the time. Use combines, use combines, use combines, but, but use planners. Um, you know, as, as you, as you see that stuff start to start to develop. The other thing that I'm kind of seeing, 
start to kind of pick up some momentum a little bit is, I mean, the precision side's always been there, and that's kind of something that's came, it kind of fizzled out, but it's kind of, kind of come back a little bit. Um, you know, these ideas of like putting, you know, precision units or your row units and high speed technology um, through precision or, or using the John Deere performance upgrades and putting those on there. Have you had any conversations with folks about that? And how many guys are kicking that idea around that you that you deal with? Well, Casey, you, you touched on exactly where I wanted to go next, and that is the technological aspect of the equipment. Because, you know, I, I think you and I have talked about this before. When you're trading equipment today, and again, we'll, we'll kind of talk about here momentarily the planters and the combines. You know, you go back 30 years ago when you were trading a planter or combine, you were trading iron. And right. there was some technology in it. Today, you know, you hate to say it, but it's almost you're trading technology first. And the iron, other than just the metal fatigue, the iron can almost become a secondary component. And I think, Casey, that understanding the profitability effect of moving into the advanced technology is something that maybe isn't discussed nearly as often as it should be. Uh, you know, I'm, I know that some salesmen that I know of that I think are pretty successful, they do a pretty darn good job of having that conversation with customers. And I know that's one of the things that when I have a customer that's wanting to trade, I like to hear their thoughts on how the new technology they're going to be acquiring, how's that going to affect their profitability? How do they see that being something that they use in their overall management program, uh, particularly with a planner, maybe even more so with a planner than a combine? So, Casey, I think that's an extremely important part of the trading decision. And, you know, you, you talked about the number of 2020 planners that are coming back on the market. You know, obviously, not all those 2020 planners are going to be created equal. Right. They're going to have a lot of different options. And even though there may be a good supply of 2020 planners, those aren't necessarily all going to be good fits for every operation because, you know, some folks are still, they're using the technology, but maybe they're not maximizing the technologies profitability potential for their operation. So I think that's a big part of where, whether it's having that discussion with their dealer, uh, have the discussion with the banker. You know, again, I, I'll say it this way. I'm probably not a typical banker in the respect that I love having those conversations. You know, I, I enjoy hearing the thoughts of people and I enjoy learning from them. But that is something that I think it's important for the customer if he's going to be financing through a bank to make sure that they're helping the bank understand that it's not just a payment they're adding. It should be a profitability component they're adding that helps offset part of that payment. And that would be the number one piece of advice that, that I would give producers. In some cases, they may have to function as a little bit of a teacher in helping their banker understand some things yeah. because none of us know everything and we can all learn. So, you know, I think take the time to help that banker understand why 
that trade is going to increase profitability. Yeah, now there's that's a good point because uh, the uh, the technology side of, of, of machinery right now is uh, I feel like 2020 was the year that, in my personal opinion, that was the year that the technology iron teeter-totter kind of slipped slightly ever more towards the technology side and and you know just there's a neat little box that you put it in called a tractor and i think we're mm-hmm. we're, we're rapidly going down that path of you know i got a bet with, with aaron fennel it's on here all the time that about you know three years from now we're gonna have retrading in our first fully autonomous vehicle and whether that's cabless or not but it's going to be a, you know a, a mainline manufacturer that puts this thing out where you can Full use it fully autonomously. So I don't know. I think there's uh, the technology side is getting bigger and bigger and more and more important. And and uh, the the activation conversation mm-hmm. um, when we're selling machinery is 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 a, almost as important as tire size. <laughs> when mm-hmm. when we sit down and talk to guys, like you know, does have, what activations does I have with it? And we'll have to go through all that, and then they'll worry about everything else. But the activations are are very they're they're a leader in the conversation now, and not so much a, uh, you know, oh well, we got this other activation thing. I'll just get it if I need it. It's mm-hmm. it's a it's a big big part of the conversation for sure. You know, Casey, I've I've heard and seen, I guess, over my life, some of the most successful people that I've been fortunate enough to to become acquainted with are what I would refer to as lifelong learners. And when you look at the technological changes that we've seen in farming over the past 15 years and you look at how the speed of technological change has increased over that 15 year period. And as you said, you start doing some projections based upon what we've seen change in the last 15. It's pretty darned exciting to see where we're headed, but it's also a little bit scary because it is going to require people to continue to learn and understand how that technology can be harnessed and how it can be made an even bigger part of their operation than it already is. And, and Casey, I'd, I'd never heard it said the way you said it. I really like that because you're right. It is more important than the tire size today. Certainly. Yeah. yeah it's, it's come a long ways. And in, in the, uh, <clears throat> in the way I did drive by a farm the other day where a guy doesn't use auto track and I'd, I was shocked. I'm like, what? What? I mean, doesn't use auto track. <laughs> he does it the old fashioned way. What? <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> How's you know, that work? <laughs> it's interesting you say that because yeah. the fields now that that aren't perfectly straight, they do yeah. tend to stand out. Yeah, and that's something we never thought of. Yeah, know, fifteen years I, ago. That's just one of those things where I'm like, man, this guy really knows how to do this. It's cool. It's a lost art, <laughs> but yeah, they've got they've got. I mean, technology, like you said, is such a big part of of everything that's going on, and and these machines are getting to be more and more intertwined with each other. You know, like you know, Deer's got Machine Sync, and that you know, combine can take control of the grain cart tractor and and do all those kind of things, and and uh, you know, that's a standard option now. So, and well, and a premium activation on a on a combine, but that's you know, that's one of those things that. Um, it's just part of it now, just part of mm-hmm. part of part of the machine. So, you know, we're not that far away. I mean, 
obviously they could flip a switch now and the machines could drive themselves. There's no doubt about that. But they just, you know, all the lawyers are keeping them from doing that. So they're, sooner or later it'll happen, though, for sure. So it'll be interesting. It's going to be a fun transition as we watch this this kind of talk about this generational crossroads thing a lot uh, on here. And, and I think we're there. I mean, we're at this, this generation coming back that's the, the 20, 30, 20-somethings and 30-somethings that have come back from college and they've, They've kind of embraced this this world of the internet, and they've never not lived in a world where you couldn't use Google. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, or you know, everything's always been online. Like you didn't have to put something into a computer and make it work. I mean, it was just always worked. You know, so um, that whole mindset and and generational kind of fluidness moving into to what we see happening here is. Uh, it's a big difference because I, I say quite a bit that there's the, the differences between, you know, dad and son now are taking their mm-hmm. daughter coming back to the farm and, and, and bringing those things back together is it's a lot different than grandpa and dad, you know what I mean, that they had there. So there's a bigger gap in, in the generation as far as how much they understand about the new world they're coming into versus what, you know, mm-hmm. what you saw happen there. So it's a, it's a, you know, dad's generation kind of, kind of lived through the beginning of auto tracks, just a rich man's toy type of mentality to now all of a sudden it's, I can't function without it, you know? So, and now mm-hmm. it's just, no one even thinks about not having it. You know, they'll, they'll turn the, they'll turn the tractor off if they lose the AB line, but they'll keep going if the buzzer is going crazy about it. Cause that's got to get this thing done real quick and we'll be finished. So it's things like that, that are, that really stand out as the differences in, in what you see happening now. And, and I think there's a, there's getting to be more and more, especially from the financing side of it, more and more emphasis put on the technology and what it's worth comparatively mm-hmm. to the to the price of the machine. Um, mm-hmm. That whole thing, you know, just financing those those components is just going to be a bigger and bigger, bigger part of, of a lot of lending institutions' portfolio and what that looks like. So, you know, it's a, it's a big business now and people are going to – you can tell that it's on – the forefront of people's mind more than it's ever been, even in the last five years. I mean, it's just has gone that far that quick. So it's a it's a it's a big big move, I guess, towards what the future is going to look like. Well, and Casey, it's a small thing, but you know, to me, to kind of prove your point about how the technology is, it's so intertwined with the equipment today that not having it's not an option. When you look at the new uh, 8R series and how the placement of the globe is basically integrated with the cab or you right. look yeah. at the new X9 combine, you know, it, it tells you that this is no longer, I, I don't want to say an afterthought because, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, 8345R, you know, having the globe out there in the front of the cab didn't mean it was an afterthought but it's integrated today. Right. And yeah. it's not going away. No, no, it's and, not. Yeah. In case you said something earlier that honestly, I hadn't thought about before until you said this, you talked about the, you look at the two generations today that, you know, you have the 20 somethings or the 30 somethings coming back to the farm and they're dealing with dad. And you, you look at how they're coming back to the farm and the communication between those two generations 
is different than, than what it was like when dad came back with grandpa. Right. You know, in, in most cases, when dad came back with grandpa, grandpa was in charge and dad worked there until grandpa got ready to retire before dad took over. One of the things that, that I see today, and I think technology plays a role in this, and it's counterintuitive to what we hear in society because we hear today that technology is keeping people from having good communication. And in a lot of ways, that's true, and I won't dispute that. But the technology involved in farming is actually spurring communication between that 20 or 30-something and dad because dad sees the value or mom sees the value in that technology and the communication stream between the two generations is better there because you know mom and dad recognize that you know those young folks have grown up with this right and there's a lot of knowledge that they can glean from the young person just the same as the young person can glean from mom and dad so i think in one respect the improvement in technology has actually fostered better communication between two generations of farmers. Well, to that point, there was a <clears throat> there was a dealer friend of mine I was talking with the other day, and they were debating if they wanted to become a, a, a DJI drone dealership and sell drones out of the dealership, which we talk about drone technology all the time, but the idea of being a dealer for drones never once crossed my mind. I mean, mm-hmm. should we have a drone? Should we go out and have some kind of scouting program that we can put together with our with our agronomists and those kind of things and, and put that together. I think that's a great idea. But the idea of, of selling drones to me was such a, a foreign concept that never even crossed my mind. I almost felt ashamed that I didn't think of that first because that's a great that's a great lead way into that. I mean, how many drones are being used on farmers right now, whether it's, you know, quadcopters or, you know, the airplane thing or whatever it is. I mean, <clears throat> how many how many people are scouting fields now with a drone and mm-hmm. using infrared cameras to see the heat signatures of the of the plant i mean there's there's so many things that you're using there now that require you not to walk out in the middle of the field when it's 110 degrees mm-hmm. and, and and then you know you can but you can do so much more so much quickly with better accuracy and see more more fields out there i mean there's a there is a computer program i can't remember what it's called but you, know, you can put it on a drone, and the drone flies over, takes a picture of it, and then it comes back and it can scans all the plants, and let, and you can see the the emergence of all the plants in your field, without having mm-hmm. to go and walk the field. So there's those efficiencies that come with that, especially as operations that are getting larger and require more people and <clears throat> manpower and those kind of things. I mean, all of a sudden here you go, you're starting to use technology to to make your life easier. And I think you know from from a lender's perspective, when you look at stuff like like drones and those those various technologies out there, what what's your what's your feeling for those from a from from lending to buy those kind of you know because some of that stuff might be a fifty thousand dollar investment after you mm-hmm. get the, the drone and the, all the technology go with it and blah blah blah. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? And as a lender, how are, how are you going to have that conversation with folks? I want to do something like that. Well, the the first thing, Casey, that I want to do when when I engage in those conversations is listen, because the the person's coming to you with a request, and what I want to hear from them is how they see the value of that tool being developed 
because over time, whether it's a drone, whether it's a planter, a combine, or a tractor, it needs to help pay for itself. And what, what I want to hear from them is how is this investment going to make you better? Because, Casey, they're going to have ideas that I've never dreamed of. You know, just like you talked about, you know, you never thought about selling them. I wish you'd really thought of that idea. I'm the same way you are. Because what I'm interested in hearing them say is, <clears throat> we see a need in our operation right now. And here's how we feel like this drone, for example, can help us basically improve profitability on the land that we have. As well as when we expand, it helps us be more profitable in the expansion. And the other thing, Casey, that I see coming into play here, that may also be a determining factor on when someone can come back to a farm on a full-time basis without having to incur the risk of maybe buying additional land or incur the cash rent risk of renting additional land. So I, I want to hear what their thoughts are on that and certainly make sure that they understand that they're being heard, not being dismissed because it's just a drone. It's not just a drone. It's about how are we improving the farm? So listening to me is the key component when some someone comes in with a request and particularly something like that, Casey, the people that are coming in wanting to buy that are going to, for the most part, be the ones that have looked at it from the business perspective, not just the, wow, I'd really like to have this perspective. Right. Yeah. It's not so much the cool factor. It's the, I can make mm -hmm. it work factor. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Good stuff. Exactly. Well, Alan, there's one last thing I want to throw out there actually before we close this thing down and kind of give me your thoughts on, on what you see happening in 21, kind of what your, what's your overall gut feel as we kind of have this, this La Nina thing that's kind of lingering in South America and it's kind of supposed to be lingering up here through, you know, most of next year and the dryness that comes along with that and the, and the key growing areas that we have here in the Midwest. So, um, I guess what are your thoughts for 21 and, and, uh, kind of what are your, what's your game plan, I guess, for, for moving forward here in the future? Well, certainly Casey and sitting where I sit today and from a geographical perspective, I'm saying something this year that I haven't said for at least the last four years. The last four years with producers in our area, I basically used the term treading water to describe how they did. When, when you look at the yields that we were blessed with here this year as a whole, and you look at what the market has done, we're in a position in this particular area of seeing working capital positions that are going to be better than what we've seen the last three or four years. So we, we've seen some positive improvement in that. And also we're seeing for better or worse, we're seeing land values continue to be stable to slightly rising. Uh, we had a fairly large sale in our area uh, today, 
uh, of land and brought a good number uh, from the seller's perspective. And I hope long term, it's a good number from the buyer's perspective as well, but only time will tell that. So I would say going into 2021, um, there's some good opportunities for folks. Uh, there's obviously the the standard risk factors that you have in agriculture. You know, you talked about the La Nina, obviously weather, no matter how much we can use technology, all the technology in the world can overcome weather. That's it, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's always going to be an unknown. Uh, one of the things, Casey, that I will say that I think is a huge positive I think the last four years in general, farmers have become better managers again. I think they've done a much better job as a whole of understanding where to cut costs, where to not cut costs in some cases, which by the way, where to not cut can sometimes be more important than knowing where to cut. Right. So I think they've, become better business people than what they were four years ago. I think there's thought being given to decisions that it's necessary to maintain the long-term viability of the business. One of the things, Casey, that I'll also say, I'm seeing people be more aware of the need for succession planning. That's a bigger part of the discussion. Uh, in fact, we have a customer that is going to basically transition over to the next generation coming in the beginning of the year. So I think that's a real positive. Obviously, and, and we started out talking about this, we don't know what the economic tail of COVID is going to look like, uh, both on the American basis and the world basis. We don't know what that's going to do to demand. Um, you know, certainly, you know, Casey, this fall has been one of the more unique falls that I've ever seen in my lifetime. I've seen very few times that we saw prices uh, increase this significantly during <laughs> yeah, the harvest. During harvest yeah. yeah. Uh, I would love to tell you I had a perfect crystal ball and I knew this was going to happen, but I don't want to tell you where I sold some of my beans. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, you know, I think there's a lot of things, and I think it's really appropriate, Casey. I mean, here we are a week before Thanksgiving. I think with a lot of the challenges that we faced this year, and I know there's been some tough times, but boy, there's there's things that a lot of us can look around in agriculture and really be thankful for this year that we have. And I think going into 2021, uh, just continuing to be mindful of uh, that those good business basics and understand what the farm can produce. Uh, you know, Casey, we don't know. You look back over the past two or three years, government payments have been a big portion of income. It appears we're going to see an administration change. Uh, I don't know what that's going to mean to agriculture, and I don't know anyone that really does. And, and candidly, at the end of the day, what's going to happen is going to happen. And farmers have produced that they can manage through a lot of variability. 
you know, with government payments, without government payments, you know, we can't control that. And spending a lot of time worrying about what we think is going to happen, you know, I don't know how beneficial that really is. I'm not saying turn a blind eye, please understand. But at the end of the day, knowing what we can't control is pretty darn important. And we've got some good prices going into 2021. Uh, I have seen some people already putting some sales on for 21. So I think as we move into next year, just continue to look for those opportunities. And, you know, Casey, one of the things that, that I would challenge producers to maybe look at doing, um, how much money are they investing in themselves and their own knowledge. You know, I, I would challenge producers to find some educational opportunities that are out there. If, you know, if your challenge is marketing, which I think, hey, I'll tell you mine, first and foremost, is marketing. Finding a way to invest a little money in increasing your marketing knowledge, helping you better understand those risks, or, or wherever you feel like your challenges lie, maybe spend a little money investing in your own knowledge next year. And I think that's important. I encourage people to do that, um, myself included. And just make sure that at the end of 2021, you have some tools available to you that you don't have here at the end of 2020. I would agree with that hundred percent, man. There's a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things out there that kind of, that can lead a different way. And there's a billion different, mm -hmm. so many different people out there that claim they got it all figured out too. So in Casey, I would tell people, you know, make sure that you leverage the tools that you have in the form of the knowledge that your dealers have, that your lenders have, that your accountants have, your attorneys have, you know, make sure you're using the knowledge that those people have to help make you better. Yep. Because, you know, Casey, you're a good example. You'll spend a lot of time helping people and they just need to reach out and make sure that they give you that opportunity to help them. Yep. Absolutely. Good stuff there. Well, great stuff, Alan. If uh, folks want to reach out to you and get some more information about what it is you do at American Farm Mortgage and the stuff that you have out there to help get their, get their uh, plan together for 21, what's the best way to do that? Well, uh, obviously, they can reach out and uh, look us up on the, the internet at AmericanFarmMortgage.com. Uh, they can are certainly welcome to call me. I always enjoy visiting with people. I love uh, getting the phone calls and being able to talk to folks. And uh, that phone number is 800-876-2362. Or they can certainly email me. And my email address is ahoskins at AmericanFarmMortgage.com. And again, I, I love hearing from people. And that's because, Casey, I, I love learning from people. Well, I'm sure you'll get plenty of uh, plenty of phone calls now because there's a uh, Alan's a great smart guy, man. You guys, if you have a chance to sit down and talk with him, take full advantage of that because he's a he's a wealth of knowledge and and super nice guy. On top of that, so Alan, thanks for being on the podcast again, man. Casey, thank you for asking me. I really appreciate it, and I'm honored to be here. Well, thank you. 
So I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you can find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast as well as any blogs that I have posted. Also check out movingironllc.com for the Moving Iron Summit coming up in January 20th through the 22nd in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, all the information for that is on, on my website at movingironllc.com. You can find uh, the speakers. You can find all the all the stuff that you can, uh, can attend while you're there and, and also uh, hotel reservations and those kind of things. Uh, Global Ag Network is a great place to find other ag-related podcasts, and uh, one of my favorites is the Dryland Farm Podcast there with Brent and Landon. Those guys are uh, a hoot and give you lots of entertainment during the day. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Alan Hoskins. Let's go move some iron, folks. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here